This morning our gospel lesson comes from John chapter 1, reading verses 29 through 42. And according to the gospel of John, these are the first words of Jesus that he speaks. So pay attention to hear the first words, which usually means they're pretty important, are that Jesus speaks in this gospel. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself didn't know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was again standing with two of his disciples, And as he walked, Jesus walked by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. This passage uh, is a good one for us in this series of true news because it just cuts to the chase. The first words Jesus speaks are, what are you looking for? Bono and the boys ask that question, and they say, we still haven't found. All right. Uh, Yes, Um, but everybody is looking. Everybody's looking for something, and I love the fact that Jesus just cuts through it. He doesn't say, hey guys, what's up? How's it going? What you been doing? How is everything? He looks at them and says, what are you looking for? He gets straight to the point. And the disciples pick up on that and realize this isn't about small talk. So they say, they, they respond by asking a question, where are you staying? That word in the Greek, staying, literally means abide, to dwell with. It's not a physical place, it is a spiritual place. See John 15, those who abide in me, Jesus says. It's the exact same word that's used here. Where is it, Jesus, 
that you are centering your soul because that's where we want to be. And Jesus says, come and see. The question of this text is, where does our spirit dwell? In 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul writes, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So God dwells in us. The question for us then is, where is it that we dwell? The true news is that our relationship with Jesus Christ should be the center of our lives, where we stay, where we dwell, where we abide, regardless of where we go or what we do. Now, that's easily said, yet it's really hard to do. We get caught up in things, and we need to be clear about where it is we abide, where we stay. This is one of those great big theological things that we deal with. And when there's a great big theological thing, I do what any red-blooded American would do. I turn to Andy Griffith. And you can put in your Google machine, Barney Men's a Broken Heart. A great episode. When Andy is dating some girl, this is before he's dating Helen. We never know what he saw in Helen. But this, he was dating some other girl, and they had a little breakup, and Barney and Thelma Lou say, Oh, Ange, we'll fix you up. And Barney calls up Lydia Crossweight. Lydia is just very, very matter-of-fact. And they say, Andy, just come on over to Thelma Lou's house. And Barney, you know, being Barney, is all excited. And he says, Ange, this is Lydia. Lydia, this is Ange. This is great. Boy, you, it's a beautiful day outside. Wouldn't y'all like to go have a picnic? Andy likes to go outside. And Lydia says, I don't like the outside. And Barney, undeterred, says, well, that's okay. We can just sit right here, and Andy, he can pick the guitar, and we can sing. It'll be fun. Andy, you want to get your guitar? And before he can get it, Lydia says, I don't like the guitar. I don't mind the clarinet or the saxophone, but I don't like the guitar. And then, still undeterred, although it's not looking good, Barney says, well, we can just sit right here and chit-chat, get to know each other. And immediately Lydia says, I don't like chit-chat. I don't mind ordinary conversation, but I don't like chit-chat. I love this text because Jesus is saying, I don't like chit-chat. We don't need to talk about the weather. We need to talk about our souls. And I think for the message for the church is we can learn from this. We can cut through all the stuff and get down to what really is important. You see, this is important. It's clear in the Gospel of John, uh, if you pay attention to context clues, he gives a time. He says it's about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The only other place where a time is mentioned in the gospel is when Jesus dies on the cross. It was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon when the temple curtain was rent in two. That's sort of a way of saying, hey, y'all, watch out. This is really important. 
Jesus isn't just chit-chatting. Jesus is getting to what is important. And he says, what are you looking for? I love it. What are you looking for? I've told you before, my father was an English major in undergrad, and any time I ended a sentence in a preposition, he would say, son, we do not end a sentence in a preposition. That's something up with which we cannot put. Now I go, ha, 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 ha. But what I love about this is Jesus isn't worried about our grammar. He says, what are you looking for? Let's just cut through all the stuff and get down to what's important. He isn't worried about the emails he'll get from people saying, you've been educated, you know better language than that. He's saying, no, I'm asking you, what is it you're looking for? Let's get serious. What is it that you're looking for? On this weekend when we celebrate the ministry of Martin Luther King Jr., and I hope all of you can come to our community awards at the MLK Plaza tomorrow morning at 10.30, but I always read the letter from the Birmingham jail. I'm convinced it's one of the greatest works of literature of the 20th century. I, I don't like reading it because it convicts me. He wrote this letter to white, moderate preachers. There's a Methodist bishop named two Methodist clergy persons, priests, rabbis, folks who were good people. They just didn't want to stir things up while he was sitting in jail in Birmingham for just saying people ought to have rights no matter the color of their skin. He wrote a letter and part of what he said is this. I felt that white ministers, priests, and rabbis of the South would be among our strongest allies. Instead, some have been outright opponents, refusing to understand the freedom movement and misrepresenting its leaders. All too many others have been more cautious than courageous and have remained silent behind the anesthetizing security of stained glass windows. That convicts me. What is it that we will stand for? We cannot remain, remain silent. What is it that we are looking for? Where is it that we choose to abide, to stay, to really dwell? Well, I'm ashamed to admit some of the places that in my spirit I dwell. I love sports. And I dwell there far too often. This week in our region, we learned of the retirement of number 59 for your Carolina Panthers, Luke, right? Yeah, and we all said, oh man, that's terrible, that's terrible. If you read the paper, it was like Luke Keekley died. Well, I mean, I hope the man's life is about something more than playing a game, right? Yet, I'm a part of that. I mean, I watched last night when Duke lost, and it hurt. It hurt, only made better by the fact that Carolina lost before them. But, and, and yeah, somebody said it's early service, but state won, okay, state won. But 
I tell you that because I, I'm 53 years old. I spent a part of my life literally being mentally affected by the fact Duke lost. Now, you know I'm mentally affected. That's too easy. But I mean, I was depressed if Duke lost. What's wrong with that? Why would I allow whether a 19-year-old can shoot a basket or not affect my well-being? See, I'm dwelling in the wrong place. I get worried when people get upset in the church. Oh, we don't want people upset in the church. I dwell, oh, let's make everybody happy. No! Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about where it is we stay. Are we abiding and making people happy or Jesus Christ? Where is it that we abide? You laugh at me, but the truth is we all have silly places that we abide. All of us do. We abide in somebody's reaction over God's claim on us. We abide in our physical health over our spiritual well-being. The truth is our relationship with Jesus should center our lives. It should be where we stay, where we abide, where we dwell, regardless of where we go or what we do. John, earlier in the service, read that beautiful passage from Isaiah to us. The Lord called me before I was born, While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. Our Bible study group this week studied Psalm 139. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Our God knit us together in our mother's wombs. We are not an accident. The psalmist, nor Isaiah, nor you, nor me, were created for a task. We were created to be children of God. That is our role. Don't abide or stay with what you do or with what others think of you. Stay with the God who created you simply to be. I think Jesus still is demanding an answer to the question, what are you looking for? Our response is far too often. I'm looking for peace. I'm looking for a job. I'm looking for more money. I'm looking for happiness. I'm looking for health. I'm looking for an answer to the separation protocol in the United Methodist Church. No. Where are you staying, Jesus? It's not such a bad response, is it? The true news is that Jesus dwells with us. The question is, will we dwell with him? Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for choosing to dwell and abide with us. Forgive us when we abide in silly places that do not give life. Help us to recommit our lives to staying with you. 
We love you and thank you for the privilege of being your children. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.